I'm Alex Dele, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast bringing you the uplifting stories of inspiring people from all walks of life. To get anything important done in the world, you need a few core elements. You need ingenuity and creativity, of course. You need motivation. You need resources. And then you also need proper planning. And I think planning gets a bit of a bad rap when really... Nothing major in the world would get done without a budget and good project management. But because budgeting sounds so boring, we often outsource it to the politicians and accountants and experts with their fancy degrees. And it makes sense if all those people are honest, but, you know, with politicians especially, that's not always a guarantee. Today's guest is Sherry Davis, an American activist and the co-executive director of the nonprofit organization, The Participatory Budgeting Project. In this episode, you're going to hear a lot about participatory budgeting. Just know that they abbreviate it as PB. We met with Sherry to discuss why more people should participate in government budgeting and how good budgeting is a fundamental part of any functioning democracy. Participatory budgeting is important because budgets are important. We all make decisions about budgets, large and small, whether it's in our homes. We think about what we care about, what we need. I guess budgets can seem a little intimidating in a spreadsheet, and maybe you don't feel like you have a lot of experience weighing in on budgetary decisions. But everyone has lived experience, lived experience that should inform what kind of budget decisions have happen in a neighborhood. This is a process that is about equity. And in the last couple of years where there has been an increased focus and growing focus around the conversation of racial justice, um, the importance of black people being able to thrive, the importance of the LGBTQIA community being able to live safely, folks that participate in PB see a lot of benefits. Folks report being more likely to walk into a governmental building, being more likely to speak to a public official, being more likely to consider running for office themselves, being more likely to volunteer in their community. So I think it really opens doors for folks to take power around what's happening with them, but also to see themselves as a part of government or or a part of changing government. It creates an opportunity for transparency as it actually streamlines the government process. So you're able to have regular conversation with folks, understand what community spending priorities are, and marry those with government spending priorities so that we're making the right decisions together. If you work in government, participatory budgeting will allow you to do your job better. If you're a member of community, doing participatory budgeting will allow you to participate in government better. I've often said that young people aren't just future leaders. They're they're leaders right now. They have to be. We have to be willing to listen to and hold up young people as they build the skills that are going to shepherd us into where we all live together. I can't think of any major social transformational movement that didn't harness the power of young people. So we think about mock PB processes where maybe we put someone into a place like 
Gotham City and invite them to think about what it could mean to redistribute Bruce Wayne's wealth and what would it mean to run a PB process to the tune of $1 billion? What would be possible? How would characters in a Batman story maybe change if they weren't seen as villains, but if they were seen as valuable members of community? And we moved from that place to say, well, this isn't just about Gotham. This isn't just about like a fairyland. What does it mean in your city, in your community, that may happen to be populated by black and brown people to really imagine big and design a participatory budgeting process? And there are so many ways that we make participatory budgeting fun, but I'll be honest, it's not me designing them. It's the young people themselves. I remember running a youth-focused participatory budgeting process in the city of Boston, and young people said things like, we need a DJ right? We need space to convene together. We need to build relationships with each other. We need a walking tour. I think the most important thing to tell young people is that budgets aren't scary. They're powerful. And you can be in a position of great power to share power and to design what your community looks like. From there, they make it fun. At this point, I, I hear this question a lot. Well, what do you do when you give young people control over a budget? And I hear this fear that they're going to make um, decisions that aren't great. They're having conversations in Oakland, California that have to do with community building. They're not talking about um, establishing a taco truck out front of their school, but if they were, I would actually challenge people to think about why and why that's an important idea. I've learned that young people from all ages have brilliant, smart, practical, important, revolutionary ideas when they're invited into this process. I'll admit, I was a little bit skeptical when Sherry started talking about young people deciding for big budgets. When I was young, if somebody asked me what I wanted to spend the city's money on, I probably would have said high-speed internet, a direct train line from my house to university, and a lot of money for video games. And if you think about it, the fact that my priorities would not have been the priorities of anybody else is actually a strong argument in favor of participatory budgeting. When there's a lot of people who get together and combine their voices, then everyone gets a little bit of a say, everybody gets a little part of the pie. Whereas if it's only a few voices that show up, then those voices are the only ones that get heard. Traditionally, in the U.S., the voices that get heard are older, whiter, wealthier people. So it's no wonder that budgets in the U.S. end up excluding important projects for minorities and, and young people. As an African-American growing up in the U.S., this is a problem that Sherry experienced firsthand. My father literally grew up seeing um, whites-only um, restroom and colored restroom and having to navigate segregation in the South. And my conversations with my parents as a young person included an awareness of the world, an awareness of the dangers of the world, an awareness of systemic racism, but also this conversation, this kind of challenge, this belief that together we could protect each other, protect communities and change our environment. My parents often pointed out um, moments, be it um, as part of Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy or Malcolm X's legacy of, of changing and building community trust. 
There was so much that I learned in the first time that I did PB, and it was really powerful. I had done all of this work at that point with mayor's youth councils, with deep civic engagement that's centered around young people, but I had never seen young people make decisions about public funds. At the end of it, we saw over a thousand young people actually engage in the citywide vote and more than that participate in every phase of PB. I was kind of blown away by what young people were able to achieve and really inspired about the next cycle. In the last year, I visited 10 countries across the United States and sat with activists, folks that identify as non-binary, members of the trans community, people that are low income, people that are from all income backgrounds, to really ask them how they could envision, use participatory budgeting at scale to see black and brown people have communities where they can thrive, recognizing that so often oppressive and harmful systems really impact the most marginalized people in community. And so this project, this new Black City project, has been about dreaming about what's possible, but building a blueprint for the future. We call it collective storytelling, and I like to think about it as collective future visioning. My life has changed so much because of participatory budgeting, and it it means a lot to me. It means an opportunity for me to practice and learn. It means an opportunity for me to be surprised. It means an opportunity for me to discover a lot of what I don't know. There's no world in which participatory budgeting alone solves all of the problems. But instead, when we create an ecosystem of change that focuses on transforming democracy with all sorts of other organizations and movement-based partners, well, now we're really able to move change forward. Democracy is important. I think it is in crisis. I think most people's experience of democracy is not around decision-making or shared power. And so to me, there's a promise of what democracy is that a lot of people haven't realized yet. Participatory budgeting creates a chance for us to live in to that promise of, of shared leadership, of shared power, of making decisions together. To me, democracy means being able to understand what's happening around you, but most importantly, to shape what's happening around you. And there aren't many instances where we get to do that yet, and I think participatory budgeting is one where we actually get to practice real democracy. What really struck me in hearing Sherry speak is how they were able to take a topic that seems so incredibly boring, but make it not just interesting, but actually make it sound indispensable. At the same time, Sherry is quite humble about what can really be achieved through participatory budgeting. Budgets are not enough to save the world. They're just one cog in a very complicated machine of change. There is one decision that we all have to make in our lives, and that decision is, how do we try to leave the world better than the way we found it? On Vision Vibes, we've given you many examples, and there are infinite ways to bring about change. But what I took away from Sherry's episode is that change can start at our doorstep. Taking care of other people in faraway places, of course, is, is really important. But we can't forget the people who are nearby, and... There's a lot we can learn about helping 
when we help improve our own community. It's a great place to start. It's a great place to learn. And it's a springboard for then going out and doing good throughout the world. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. This interview was originally broadcast by NHK World Japan on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. You can find our other stories on the Vision Vibes website. I've been Alex Tillet. See you next time. <laughs>